Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Here you have it, guys, our awesome panel who are going to, they're going to tackle some of your really tough questions. Um, We got a lot of really awesome questions. If you were at the last Young Adults, which seemed like forever ago, why, why did January last so long? But anyways, um, so we got some awesome questions. We obviously won't get to all of them, but I just wanted to mention too, if at any point in the service, if maybe a question pops into your head, you can go ahead and email us. Or I don't have a slide for it, but our email is hello at wearerefuge.net. If you have a question, um, something that popped into your head, feel free to just email us. We'll have a pastor or a leader getting uh, contact with you. But questions, question and answers are really awesome. And I think that, you know, asking questions is really a sign of intelligence when you're like intuitive and when you're asking and like wanting to grow deeper in your faith. And so um, before we get started, we are going to have our panel introduce themselves. So Pastor Matt, do you want to start? Yes. My name is Matt Malik. I'm the lead pastor here at Refuge. I'm not only a husband, but I'm also a grandpa. So I'm the senior guy here. So, you know, we needed I, an old person but on But I've panel, been so. where you are at, okay? So I've been through that, been there, done that, don't want to go back, but... So. Hi, everybody. I am Amy Winkleman. I am not married. I think I'm the only one up here that is not married, but um, that's okay. I'm in an awesome relationship with a really cool dude. Long, His hair is longer than mine, and so I kind of love that. But um, So that's who I am. Hi, I'm Jeff. Um, I'm on staff here at Refuge with my wife, Marissa, um, and we uh, are married. We got married in 2013, so we've been married um, a little bit. Five, five and a half years now. Just did the math now. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome. We met through Crew Summer Project and all that stuff. What up? Or Summer Missions, hey. Um, so that's us. What he said. We've known each other. We met when we were 20. So I feel like we, like, have grown up together <laughs> in a lot of ways. But, yeah, we're excited to answer some questions. Awesome. Well, let's jump right in. You know, I will say on the screen, we didn't actually get those questions, but those are like an example of some questions. You know, will I find my soulmate at Refuge Young Adults? Probably because, you know, church is a really good place to meet your spouse. I met my husband at church. I'm sure, I don't know, church-related events, you know. Um, But anyways, let's just go ahead and get started. Uh, The first question, and by the way, these are all questions that you guys submitted at the last Young Adults. So yeah, here we go. All relationships have challenges, but how do I know if I'm in a truly unhealthy relationship? What are some symptoms and what should I do if I see them? Sorry, I'm going to steal the microphone for that one. So, um, uh, this this question, like when I just heard it, something just popped out. I'm very passionate about this because I found myself many years ago in a very unhealthy, toxic relationship. And um, I saw the warning signs 
but I chose to ignore them. And some of the warning signs, if you find yourself in a relationship and you are experiencing manipulation, you're experiencing any type of physical abuse, emotional abuse, um, verbal abuse, anything like that, you really need to find someone to get you help. Uh, dating relationships, they're meant to be broken. It's a time to um, test each other out, see if you're compatible. But if those sorts of things are going on, you, you need to get help. If you're the one doing those things, you need to get help. If you're the one receiving those things, you need to get help. But recognizing some of those um, red flags, there's like a root of selfishness that comes out in toxic relationships. And all of us are selfish at some point at some point in time. But when you find that there's an individual in a relationship and it's always, always all about them, that's just, that's not going to change over time. So um, that's, that's one thing. Alienation. If you feel like your relationship, the person in your relationship is separating you away from the people that you care about the most and trying to keep you away, that's, that's what I found. There, He was driving a wedge in between me and the people that meant the most to me, my, my parents, my best friend, even my relationship with the Lord. There was such an extreme amount of jealousy there. And that was something that, you know, at first, the you know, it's like, oh, he, you know, he is jealous for me. I like that. That's something that's, uh, but it's not. It's, it's, it's a dangerous and very unhealthy thing because it begins to escalate. And pretty soon it's like, well, you didn't pick up my phone call five minutes ago. Where were you? What were you doing? And it just continues to escalate. And most importantly, like, I truly believe um, in following the peace of God in your heart. So if you're in a relationship and you just feel like that check in your spirit, I call it like the icky, you know, like that icky feeling. Yeah, seriously. I know. She's like, wow, the icky feeling that you just can't shake. Like, there might be something off. And you know what? Sometimes an unhealthy relationship can be with someone who's really a good person. But really developing a strong relationship with the Lord and really learning to follow that peace. And then the other thing I would say is bring people into your relationship. Bring in wise counsel. Like, if you're in a relationship and you're like, like, if you're the person that wrote this and you're feeling like, man, I feel like maybe this is unhealthy, bring people in. Seek wise counsel. Talk to, the, talk to other people about what's going on in your relationship. And I say wise counsel because don't go to, like, www.whatever.com. You know, seek out people who truly love the Lord and who care about you and want God's best for your life. So that's my answer. That's awesome. Way to kick things off. That was a really good answer. Yeah. So the next question is, and if you were at the last Young Adults, we did a testimony night. It was really awesome. But uh, we, we talked a lot about something called soul ties. And so the next question is, uh, what is a soul tie? How is a soul tie made? And how do I break a bad soul tie? I'm going to go ahead and uh, address that one. Um, and I just wanted to say with what Amy said, the Bible says in a multitude of counsel, there's safety. Anytime that you shut people out from speaking into your life that are godly, that have your best interest at heart, that's a warning sign. So, uh, but soul ties, in fact, next Sunday, you don't want to miss that service. I'm going to be addressing this particular subject and really talking about unhealthy soul ties. 
and what we can do to break free from them. And really what a soul tie is, it's a connection that unites you with an emotional strong bond with another person. Now, they can be healthy, they can be unhealthy. And, and it's understanding that a negative soul tie can really drag you down. It can cause you to compromise your convictions. It can cause you to have an unhealthy uh, attachment with someone that is pulling you down. And, and, and somebody that may be controlling in your life and making demands on you that is putting pressure on you. In fact, uh, those soul ties are formed three primary ways. Uh, close relationships that you have. Or it can be vows or commitments that you make with your mouth, a promise that you make to someone that can connect you with that person. And then also through sexual intimacy. The Bible says the two become one. And in a sexual relationship, it unites a person uh, in the soulish realm. And the two literally become one. And if that's out of the context of marriage, that definitely is a healthy, unhealthy soul tie that will cause problems that you may not even recognize as problems in your life. In fact, uh, uh, soul ties can really uh, bring pain. When you break up a relationship or a relationship is ended, the pain you suffer from a negative soul tie can take you into depression. It can take you into discouragement. And, and, and soul ties are, are of the nature that it can pull you right back. Even though someone's been abusive to you, someone's uh, hurt you in a, in a great way that should have ended the relationship hands down, you'll find yourself being drawn back into that abusive relationship. And so uh, now there are healthy soul ties as well. So we'll be addressing this more in detail. We don't have time to get into all the nitty-gritty here today, but uh, we'll, we'll certainly address this next Sunday. And, and if you're not able to be here for the service, it'll be available on the podcast. And so that's a great question. So. Yeah, awesome. So next question is, how do I know if the person I am with is really who God has sent me, or am I missing God's will? Hmm. Uh, that was like, that was like FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. FOMO, you guys know that? That's a good acronym right there. That describes a lot of situations in life. Um, but uh, I feel like the heart behind that question is it's the fear of missing out. I don't want to miss out on what God's will is for me. And what, what, because it's like, it, okay, this is from the posture of I want to f- serve the Lord and I want to find um, someone who he would be pleased with me, who, I, who we can thrive in a relationship and, and hopefully a marriage someday where we can bless the Lord, have family, whatever. So, um, yeah, are, are we going to miss out on what God has for us? That's the fear. And that's a, that's a great place to be in your heart. I think that um, it kind of plays into another question. It's kind of the, it's the thing of um, like soul, soulmates and like, oh, is there, is, there, is there a person who is God is destined in the universe who will be the one for you, the one for us? Um, and, you know, you, you can talk about that. And there's a certain like romantic piece of that that's like, oh, you know, the one. Um, but it also is like super high stakes because that means I have to search this globe of how many billion people to track down this person that has like my perfect match, like puzzle piece, jigsaw, like DNA or emotional or like physical intimacy. Like we just gel, you know what I mean? And, um, I think that, uh, 
that's that's a cool picture, but I don't think it's entirely accurate because God gives us freedom. Um, I just wrote down some scriptures that would probably apply to a lot of things tonight. Um, Galatians 5.13 says this. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. He says earlier in that chapter, it's for freedom's sake that Christ set you free. So the same freedom that Christ gave us to choose whether or not to follow him, to be his disciple, to worship him, is the same freedom that he actually gives us to make choices in life in, in who to be with. Because I can make, look, I can make um, a couple, if I want to get up for breakfast, breakfast, eh, get up, what am I saying? Get up in the morning and eat breakfast, and I want some fruit. I can have an apple, or I can have an orange. Which one's God's will? Well, the apple. No, maybe if it's like a honey crisp or something, you know. But they're both healthy decisions, you know what I mean? If it's like apple, orange, pizza from three weeks ago that's been sitting on the counter. No, 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 you don't want to do that. That would be probably outside of God's will for your life. It's not healthy for your body. So I think God's will is a little bit like that sometimes, and we need to be careful that we don't box him in too much because God actually um, empowers us and trusts us to make decisions that will... um, it will please him and will will benefit our, our own lives. And his will doesn't have to be this choose-your-own-adventure that's like there's only one path you can chart through the course. It's still like a narrow road of righteousness, I understand, but it's, it, we have freedom within that. So it's, it's a choice at the end of the day. You choose someone, and you just wake up, and you keep choosing them. And isn't that a more romantic picture than just like being a victim to fate, you know? Like, oh, well, I guess I wound up with my soulmate, you know? Um, yeah, that was our vows. We, we said that to each other. Marissa and I did, so that was pretty cool. So, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, my, my phone keeps locking up. Um, just one more thing with that. I think it's important to know, too, that you, I, there's like, you know, this idea, like you, you're not a big, you can't really mess up your life with God. That's the thing. He's a God who redeems. Everything is redeemable. So let's say you make a couple bad decisions. I think, I think the big thing to, to remember in this too is to take off the high stakes like Jeff was saying and know that um, your plan B becomes a plan A because of God. There's no such thing as a plan B. It's not a thing. It's not a thing with him. He, he makes everything new everything new. So I, I don't know. I just, I think that if we take that off the table, I think it makes it a whole lot easier to say, Hey, I do choose you. Um, I'm intentionally picking this person and it makes it actually more powerful than kind of being a robot being destined to be with somebody. I think it's, I think it's a little sweeter that way. Yeah. One more real quick thing. So it's like pursue the Lord. Okay. Spend time in the word, seek God in prayer, surround yourself with that wisdom of others. Just the Holy Spirit's conviction on your life, those are all things that you can use as tools to, to see if, if this person is good. Are we feeling good? And then you just got to choose. And you just got to take a leap of faith, and you just keep on choosing. That's all. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, next question. What is the difference between lust and love? I guess I'll take that one. You know, when you hear the word lust, that, you know, a lot of things go off in people's minds. Uh, but when you think about lust, the, the real word means strong desire. And, and it's related to our fleshly nature that hasn't been redeemed by God. And when it's in control, lust has a, has a big uh, price tag to pay that's not something you want to have to pay because it causes great heartache pain, not only in your life, but in the lives of others that you hurt through the lust that has been dominating you. And 
what the difference between love and lust is, is really simple. Lust takes, love gives. And that's quite a contrast. In fact, uh, lust will satisfy itself at the expense of another. And love sacrifices at the expense of self. And, and so in any relationship, if lust is a driving factor, you are, you are out for yourself to satisfy your own desire rather than, than honoring that person. Because love will honor someone to say, I will not have sex before marriage because I honor you. I value you as a human being, and I'm not going to take away your virginity. And that's love. Love pays the price to honor and show respect towards others. And so that's, that's one point. I, a scripture that goes along with this is Galatians 5.16, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it. It says that if we are following the Spirit, if we're led by the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And, and I looked this up in the New Living Translation here. Okay. The New Living Translation reads this way. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. And lust is associated with the sinful nature. Lust is an intense physical attraction that causes you. To, it's, you're attracted to somebody else. It's, and it's, it, lust may be the driving factor. But yet love is more than just an attraction towards somebody. Love is is a commitment that you're willing to pledge and commit your lives to benefit and bless them in a significant way. You're pouring into their lives rather than taking something from them. And so there, there's a whole lot more than what can, uh, that we could talk about this subject. But um, open up a can of worms. You know, we can certainly do that here tonight. But, <laughs> and, and last, let me just finish with this. Love uh, finds its fulfillment in honor and respect. But lust finds its fulfillment in sex, a physical relationship, a physical thing. So just keep that in mind. All right? Yeah, that's awesome. Something, too, I wanted to say is, you know, with all of these questions, I think in church it's like, oh, you're not supposed to say, you know, you're not supposed to talk about those things. But that's really where we should be looking for our answers is through Jesus and through, you know, people who are strong in their faith or else we're going to look to the world. We're going to look to the media and that's, some of that is garbage. Um, and so, yeah, that was an awesome answer. Let me just add this because maybe in a relationship and you're asking the question and the question would be, am I in lust or am I in love? Well, to really simply answer that, if the relationship centers around a sexual relationship, then you're in lust. And, and, and by doing that, you're bypassing things like really getting to know that person. You're stepping beyond things. You're not getting close. You're not really getting to know who they really are when you bypass the important things such as friendship, building a friendship, and building a, a solid commitment one to another. So... That's my little add on there. Awesome. Uh, next question. We're going to talk about physical intimacy, guys. We got a lot of questions on this. So 
Uh, with physical intimacy and dating, how far is too far? And what are the actual consequences of going too far? I'm going to start this one. So Philippians 4, 8, we know this one. Um, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So this kind of talks, kind of like she was saying, peace following the peace. Um, Jeff and I have a strong belief that at any point in a relationship, once you... At a certain point in every relationship, I'll say it that way, um, three things are going to happen. And this is time. Time will get you to this point. Um, you're either going to break up, get married, or have sex. And that, that we've seen to be true with a lot of people. At a certain point, things come to a head and decisions need to be made. And so I think it's about being wise as you walk up to that. Um, it's not a bad thing. Um, I, think it's, I think it's wisdom, um, again, to submit yourself and make those decisions correctly. But um, a couple of things. I think, I think the question is wrong about what's, what's too far. I think that's missing the heart of God. Um, I think it's... I just, just so we can learn, I think it's foolish to, to ask which, which thing is like off limits and which thing is not. Matt was just talking about lust and love. And I think in our relationship way back when, I think, I mean, just in anybody's relationship, you can give somebody a hug because you love them, or you can like give them a hug and it's like a naughty hug. Like there, you know what I mean? Like it's about your heart. What I'm trying to get at is your heart. It's a hug, but whatever. You can do things with a pure heart or you can not do things with a pure heart. And, and that's actually what God is getting at. He really, I, I'm I, talking about the redeemable thing too. I think, I think, I think God would rather have somebody catch his heart and actually get a real revelation of the why behind his rules and the why behind what he puts out in his word more than somebody who just follows the rules in discipline. I think he, I think he's, I'm impressed by people who stay pure in their relationship, but I'm moved by people who know the heart of God. Does that make sense? So I think in yourself and when you're processing your relationships, um, asking your, getting, getting those heart checks, asking yourself, submitting yourself to other people, saying, hey, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think having hard conversations is important too. Um, you want to add real quick? I was just going to say, the how far is too far is asking the, it's, it is the wrong question because it, why would I see how close to the edge of the cliff I can take the person I'm supposed to care about, you know? Like, oh, let's see how like close we can get before we fall off, you know? And it's just, that's, that doesn't sound like love to me. No, exactly. And I mean, I think in our, in our relationship too, I, my history, I, I call, I think I went a little nuts from 16 to 17. I was pretty insecure and I dated a lot of guys and Jeffrey really didn't. But when we got together, I had really started following God. I didn't date any guys. <laughs> no, not any guys. Sorry. No, sorry. Um, I, my heart, I actually, I call it immaturity. I, I was insecure and I didn't know how, I didn't love myself. I didn't have a value for myself. If I had, I would have caught the heart of God to to put up bigger boundaries but I pushed them out of kind of self-hatred and out of oh I really in my history I'd only felt wanted by a guy if he was wanting something physical and in this relationship as a Christian as somebody who is newly walking with the Lord um I pushed things in a relationship and I think there are real consequences to that um uh I think 
again, though, I, I want to emphasize everything's redeemable. I think it's, I think the consequence is having to grieve, is having to grieve something that came up too soon when it could have been a little sweeter weighted. I also think God can redeem things and make them just as sweet, but, but there's a process and there's, there's a reason behind the process of dating, getting engaged, getting married. That whole umbrella is so beautifully set up by the, I mean, engage, there's nothing about engagement in the Bible, blah, blah, blah. But picking one person and being, being committed to one person, I think there's something so beautiful about it. And um, I think it's important not to miss it. Do you have any thoughts about that? One, one thing I could yeah. add to, you know, Pastor Deb shared this morning, if you're in the service, don't awaken love before it's time. And I think that principle is, is, is very important to really take a look at and embrace in your life. And with that, then you look at setting boundaries, making yourself accountable to other, others that can hold you accountable. Uh, because this is a thing that we need that accountability. We need those boundaries if, if we're going to stay pure before God. Because ultimately, that's our desire for not only our testimony, but also for just the purpose of God in our lives and honoring his word and honoring his plan. Yeah, and in that too, I mean, you know how sweet it is to, to share things with people. And if you've ever had accountability partners, I think it's, it's a kind of a, an intense term. But I think, I think rich relationships can grow in that and um, just even with your friends. Um, and it's something to celebrate when you do get married and you are able to walk in those things you have a group of people you've got a group of girlfriends or guy friends who've walked with you and have been like man you did it you did the thing and it's something to celebrate and yeah I, I just think God is really pleased when when we take the time and the intentionality to walk it out correctly so I'll yeah. slip one more thing in there there was a couple that had just got engaged and they they talked to a, a guy in the church and said now we're now that we're engaged what's okay for us in a, you know, just how we express physical affection in that. And he said, well, what were you doing before you were engaged? So well, we were holding hands, we were hugging, we were kissing. And the man paused and he said, well, even less. Even less. Why? Because the temptation is even greater, okay? But I thought that was good uh, counsel. And we share that with every premarital couple that we engage with, so... Yeah, that's just some good counsel. Yeah, that's awesome. So although nobody up here is currently single, um, we have been. Every, that's, we, we have that one thing in common. You know, everybody has that. Uh, we've all been single at one point in time. So this question is, how can you be content in a season of singleness or when it seems like God's plan for marriage isn't moving fast enough for you? Give me the mic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would love to answer this one. Um, one thing about my story is that I spent about eight and a half, nine years of just being single. And it was a really fun time of life because people say, like, the funniest things to you, like, oh, you should meet this person. They're single. Yeah, okay, I see, I see a few people like, uh-huh, like, okay, tell me about this person, like, what our personalities get along. No, like, they're just single. And it's like, okay, like, I have a standard here, people, but, like, um, I just remember in this time of, yeah, that's right, standards are a good thing. So I just remember that I started out this time, I seriously, people, was like, there are two things in life that I wanted 
from like the age of five, okay? There's two things you need to know about me. Like I am a planner. Like I make lists, I plan. And I love what Marissa said about plan A and plan B because like I had my life planned out. I was gonna be married by 23. I was gonna have like three kids. It was gonna be good. Like boom, boom, boom. Okay, 23 came in what? And I know you're gonna be shocked, but like I am almost 34. I know, I know it's shocking, okay? But I am almost 34 and I... Right, I know. And those things haven't come to pass. I know. (laughs) Those things haven't come to pass yet. But at the beginning of this, that seriously was all my mind was set on was like, dude, I have got to get married so I can have kids. Like, this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a wife and I'm going to be a mom. And that is like it. And those things didn't happen. Like, it was like a total and complete, like, rewriting of what I thought my life was going to unfold before me, you know? And and here's the awesome thing, though. In that time, like, in your season, it's a season. Singleness is a season. It was a season for all of us. Some seasons last longer than other seasons. But when you're in a season... You need to be in that season. It's okay to be excited about what's going to happen next in life. But God, what do you have for me in this season? And I remember I sat down with, um, again, I am all about seeking wise counsel. And I'm all about accountability and having people that are pouring into your life. And I sat down with my wise counsel. And I was like, listen, like, this is the dude I'm waiting for. And I, like, listed, listed all these things, okay? And she just looked at me and she was like, Amy, then you need to become the kind of woman that that guy deserves. And I was like, what? Like, ouch. But you know what? It was so true. So in my season of singleness, you know what I did? I just started really pursuing after God. Now, I hear people out there like, oh, I'm dating Jesus, and I'm in a relationship with the Lord. And like, no, that's weird, people. Like, don't say that, okay? Like, yes, we all have relationships with the Lord, but like, take that time to really dig in. Like, God, what do you have for me in this season of life? And become, ask him, ask him, because guess what? God speaks. He speaks. So when you ask him things, he's going to answer you. And um, so I just have to tell you that, like, it's been a long time. But the guy that I met, he is those things that I told that woman. And God took me through that time because he needed to shape me and form me into the person. He's like, all right, Amy's going to have to walk through this so she can become that. And so just focus in on God. And it's okay to be excited. It's okay to be excited for the next step. But guess what? Like, if you don't learn to be content where you're at, so, okay, you're not content being single, then all of a sudden you're dating and you're like, okay, now I just want to get engaged. And now I just want to get married. And now I just, I just, I just, I just, instead of learning to be, like, so content right where you're at. And, 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 and you know what? Being single is, okay, just hear me for a second. There is nothing wrong with being single. There is nothing wrong with being single, okay? I say that in an awesome relationship. My, my years of being single, like, shaped, for, shaped me for this time, and so I can enjoy my relationship even more, you know? And, and so there's nothing wrong with it. And if you think that you have to be in a relationship to find fulfillment or to find identity, then God needs to work in your heart. You have to, like, seek after him in that because there is nothing in my relationship, there's nothing in my relationship that um, 
Like, Tyler can't fulfill every need that I have. Only God can fulfill that. And so, like, I had to learn that in my my relationship. So if you're single, like, open that Bible. Ask the Lord, like, Lord, who do you say I am? Who do you have me to be? And and really seek after him. Because guess what? All of a sudden, you're so focused in on what you're doing. You're so focused in on your relationship and the Lord. You're so focused in on that. And then, like, all of a sudden, you walk into church one day, P.S. Church, awesome place to meet people. You walk into church and like you meet, you meet that person and it happens right at the right time. So, so sorry, that was a little bit long-winded, but seasons, it's all about seasons. Amy, let me just add this. While you were waiting, God was working on Tyler because God had to do some work on him to get him ready for you. Okay. And know that God is working. (laughs) And, and the real issue is contentment, godly contentment. The Apostle Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I am, single, married, whatever, whatever state I am, I've learned to be content. Contentment is something we learn. We learn to be content. It's, a, it's something we, we grasp and take hold of. But. I thought of one more thing. I'm sorry. So I can be kind of long-winded, but I promise I'm going to go super fast. Okay. We just sang a song earlier. And it said, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. And in that time, work on your foundation. Because no matter what comes along, because you know what? Maybe, maybe it is going to be that you're going to be single for a while. I hope nobody has to be single as long as I was single, okay? I just hope nobody. But hey, that just means the Lord had a lot of work, a lot of work to do in me, okay? But um, just focus on that firm foundation so that no matter what comes your way down the, down the road, you have that solid, firm foundation in the Lord. I'm going to add something, too. It's a good question. I just want to take away any shame, too, from, from anybody who is single and kind of just break a lie in case you're believing this. Marriage is not a reward for something. Marriage isn't a reward for purity. Marriage isn't a reward for discipline in the word. Marriage isn't a reward for evangelizing. It's not a reward. It's not something that he, that's not how he works. He's not favor. He's like, ooh, you did the right thing. I'm going to give you this. It's something that he, it's a gift, just like singleness can be a gift. And, and, and you're lovely just the way that you are. And when you're walking in that, it just makes the whole thing sweeter. That's all I have to say. But yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I think so. You put the expression. The grass is always green on the other side. But talk to Paul, Apostle Paul. He thought being single was cool. And he wouldn't have it any other way. But the advantages that you have being single, because I can't make decisions independently anymore because I'll get in trouble. Right? And for those of you that are married, you understand that. But anyway, let's move on here. <laughs> So we are to our last question, which is so sad, but um, this says, I know it's wrong to have sex before marriage, but I don't feel any conviction about it. Why is that? Am I a bad person? I'm going to address this one. I'm going to read the question again because it's, it's really interesting. I know it's supposed to be wrong to have sex before marriage, but I don't feel any conviction about it. Why is that? Am I a bad person? Well, so often we can think we're a bad person because of wrong choices, but 
the real issue here, and let me just say it this way, is, is an unrenewed mind. Uh, what you know is in conflict with how you feel. Okay? And, and, and so when what you know is based on the Bible, truth, um, you've, what you feel will no longer dominate you. Because, see, the real challenge we have in our Christian walk is putting our feelings in their proper place. Because we can't let feelings lead us, guide us, direct us. Why? Because feelings are subject to change. And when you align yourself with the Word of God, in time, your feelings will get in line as well. And so, and really, it's talking about conviction. If you get into the Word... What will happen when you begin to read and study the Bible, you begin to establish biblical convictions. And a conviction is simply something that you're convinced of. And it becomes a standard in your life that you embrace. And people that compromise this, it's because they have not risen to a biblical standard. But there's grace that God empowers us to be able to rise to the biblical standards because God is not going to put something on us that without his help, we cannot fulfill and obey. Every command, every instruction from Scripture is something we can live out as a standard for our life. In his grace, his nature, his ability empowers us to do it. And, and so um, I would just suggest to you, um, you need to set that as a conviction in your life and not just go based on your feelings because you can't look at the world system and let that be your standard because that standard conflicts with the standard that God has set. And the reason we know that the Bible wasn't written by mere man because no man could set a standard so high. Only God could set a standard that way. And But it's his nature, his help that empowers us to live up to that standard. And we may fail. We may have lost it at times and failed to measure up. But we serve a God of mercy and forgiveness who redeems us. At this time, I'm going to have the worship team come up, right? You know. Oh, Jeff, yeah. Why don't you oh, chime in on this too? I was just going to say real quick, you know, it's like I would say also ask the Lord to increase your sensitivity to his Holy Spirit. Because if you're not f experiencing conviction, it's not because he's, he's not speaking. It's, it's often a matter of like just the, the tenderness of your heart. And I, I find that if, if you just get with the Lord, just ask him to increase your sensitivity. Your, your emotion, emotions are beautiful. They're the color and the canvas of life. Are, they're, God gave us feelings. They're, they're good. Uh, they're, they're, I've heard it said that our emotions, our feelings are great teachers, but really poor masters. And I would, I would rather determine truth um, for my life and how I want to behave in my life uh, on the Word of God rather than how I may feel or not feel. So, yeah. Well, at this time, the worship team is going to come up, and, and I just want to take a couple of minutes and um, really speak to the issue and the issue of the heart. Because whether we realize it or not, a man looks on the outward appearance, but God is always looking on the heart. What's really happening in our heart? I mean, we can fake it till we make it many times. And we can put on a good exterior and, and be cool and all that. But only, God only really knows what's going on in your heart. 
And, and when we come to a place where we become vulnerable before God and allow him to really examine and scrutinize our heart, just really look in and do what he needs to do because he is the only one that can change your heart if you allow him to. And, and so maybe you're in a place where you've messed up royally and you think, like that last question, am I a bad person? Maybe you think you're a bad person. But guess what? Jesus came to redeem bad people because we can all admit that we've been bad because we've all messed up sometime in one place or another. We've failed. We've sinned against God. We've hurt other people. We've messed up. I can't tell you how many times I've messed up. But yet, God in his mercy got involved in my mess-ups to extend his love and forgiveness. And so we posture ourselves in a place to receive what he has to give. But in order for that to happen, we have to open our heart to him and welcome him into our lives in a way that will give him really permission to change us. It's interesting because something God gave each of us is this thing called the free will. God will never force himself on us. He'll never impose himself on us. But yet the moment we open our heart to him, he'll flood in. And he is after us in a way. Like the song, Reckless Love. He's doing whatever he can to reach you at your point of need and and your point of desperation. And I believe in this generation, people are crying out for God. There's a hunger, there's a heart cry for what's real and for what's true. And tonight as we conclude this service, we want to extend just an invitation to you. For you to simply open your heart and allow God to come in. And to fill the void, to fill the cavities, to fill the emptiness, the loneliness. See, I think a lot of times people are afraid of being single because they're afraid of being alone. But the issue of loneliness is something that is met when we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if you're with Jesus, you will never be alone. And you don't have to fear being alone. But yet, in a relationship that God ordains, you have so much to give to partner with someone else. And there's somebody out there for you that will compliment you, that will pour into your life, that you'll be able to mutually support each other and stand together to do something significant in this world. And so let's stand together. And and if you're here tonight, you say, Pastor Matt, you know, I don't know that my life is really right with God. I, I have issues. I've got challenges. But I'm willing to surrender tonight just to lay it all down and to open up my heart and really allow God inside. And in that invitation, you're simply saying, God, do what you need to do in my life. Whatever changes you need to make, I'm willing for you to change me. See, God does something so significant. It's called transformation. He transforms us. Go ahead and bow your heads. If you're here tonight, you say, Pastor Matt, I I really need a 
fresh infusion of God in my life. And I'm open to allow him to come inside and transform my life. If you, if that resonates with you, just lift your hand. Okay, thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. We can all pray this together. Lord Jesus, I open, my, I open up my heart afresh and anew to allow you inside. Jesus, I believe you came to this world for me to die on the cross, to forgive me, to bear my sins. You rose from the dead to give me new life. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life and make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for a work of transformation. Father, that you would reveal yourself, that you would reveal your purpose, your will, your plan. Father, I ask for your mercy to be extended. Father, forgive us for where we have failed you, for where we have sinned against you. Cleanse us from the inside out. Give us a new heart, oh God. Give us a willingness to embrace your will. In Jesus' name. Now there's somebody here, when you came here tonight, there was an ache inside. You can call it despair, you can call it frustration. It's even at times caused you to be angry, angry at yourself, angry at others. God is touching that in you right now. And he's removing the shame, the guilt, and all that's associated with that condition. And he's flooding you with his love like never before. As we sing this song, as we worship together tonight, let God fill you with his presence prayer team will be up here in a couple of minutes and we're going to invite you to come forward for prayer for anyone that needs prayer and God's going to meet you tonight in a very significant way let's worship him at refuge we believe all people matter to God thank you so much for listening if you would like to connect further with refuge feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge refuge